In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God. Reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. We celebrate Trinity Sunday this weekend. Our first reading is taken from the book of Deuteronomy. It's the final book of the Pentateuch. That's the first five books of the Bible. And it's a compilation of three long-winded speeches given by Moses as the Israelites prepare to enter the Promised Land. It's a bit like a survival guide on how to live and how to avoid evil. Our passage at Mass this weekend is taken from the final lines of the first of Moses' three speeches in Deuteronomy. The first verses of the passage are basically an expansion on a rhetorical question that Moses offers. Has there ever been anything so great as what we have seen God do? Moses' words here can be summed up with one word, which is probably now a trigger word for just about all of us. Unprecedented. Moses is saying, look, did anything so great ever happen before? Was it ever heard of? God has interacted with us, us being the people of Israel, in an unprecedented way. Ask now of the days of old. Ask from one end of the sky to the other, and you'll be unable to find a precedent. Our second reading comes from Paul's letter to the Romans, and it plays upon the concept of adoption. Let's talk a bit about adoption at the time of St. Paul, because it was quite common in upper-class Roman culture, since many saw it as a way to boost social standing. Yet here's the interesting thing. At the time, the Roman government enacted a series of laws called the Lex Iulia et Papia Popiea, which mandated that Roman citizens bear children so that the Roman population could be built up. With this law in the background, Paul says to the Romans that Christians have received a spirit of adoption that makes them children of God. He concludes the metaphor by saying, look, if we're children of God, then we're also heirs to the inheritance of God. Just as a father's name and estate passed down to his offspring, so too in the family of God we receive the inheritance of our father and become joint heirs with Christ. Our Gospel for Trinity Sunday is the conclusion of Matthew's Gospel. You'll remember at the very beginning of the Gospel, in the first chapter, when an angel visits Joseph in a dream and tells him that the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now, at the other bookend of the gospel, in the very last line, which we hear this weekend, Jesus assures his followers exactly this. And behold, I am with you always, until the end of the age. It's pretty neat that the promise given in the beginning of Matthew's gospel is now fulfilled with the very last line. The setting for this final scene in Matthew's gospel is when the eleven disciples go to Galilee after the resurrection and see Jesus there. Now, there's a couple debates concerning different phrases in our gospel. The first concerns when Matthew writes, When they all saw him, they worshipped, but they doubted. Did some of the eleven worship and others doubt? Or did all worship and then all doubt after that? Based upon the text as we have it, we can't know one way or the other. And the same is true for another debate in this passage. Jesus says to go and make disciples of all nations. But the word that's used for nations, ethne, is also the word for Gentiles. Since all of the other nations other than Israel were made up of Gentiles, that is, non-Jews, Gentile and nation was used interchangeably. In fact, it meant the same thing. 
So the debate is this. When Jesus says to go to all nations, is he referring to Gentiles exclusively? Or is he referring to all nations, which of course would also include the nation of Israel? Since Matthew's gospel is pretty emphatic about illustrating how Jesus began his ministry preaching to the Israelites, but that, by and large, these people did not heed his message, I would lend more credence to the fact that Matthew intended nations to refer specifically to the Gentiles. Lastly, you'll notice that Matthew simply says the disciples reunite with Jesus on the mountain to which Jesus had ordered them. Which mountain this is, exactly, is not so important. What is important for Matthew is that Jesus meets them on a mountain. Since Matthew is constantly wanting to present Jesus as the new Moses, even in this very last scene, he places Jesus upon a mountain once again. Reminiscent of Moses, who ascended Mount Sinai with the Israelite people down below. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this Solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity in Year B. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.